This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spreading like fist. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome to Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 618. That means next week is going to be a special super <laughs> duper 619 episode full of only Rey Mysterio talk. That's not actually going to happen, but tune in. Markingout.com. Make sure that you're checking us out over on Spotify. Buy a t-shirt, Pro Wrestling Tees. Also check us out on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitch, on TikTok, on Twitter, and every single other place that we are on. Make sure that you are there following, liking, and interacting. We appreciate you. But I am Dave the Rave, and I am here with Brandon, and later on we're going to be joined by Chris, and right now I am here with Brandon the Brandon, Brandon Brandon, Cousin Brandon, Brandon, how are you? I'm doing awesome as always, how about yourself? Doing fantastic, how was your week? It was, uh, you know, it was decent, I... Made a few dishes. I made uh, a homemade sauce again, and I made a baked pasta dish with that. I made some sort of ground taco beef gimmick, and I ate that over salad. That's really mm-hmm. about it for my week. I did see that after 40 years, Caroline's on Broadway is closing at the end of the year. Have you seen many shows there? Show-wise. So the very first time I went to Caroline's was 2004, where I met Sting, Ultimate Warrior, Funaki, and Ted DiBiase again. I think it was okay. DiBiase again. Uh, and then I went 2005 to to Ringside Fest again to see Jerry Lawler, Carlito, uh, Kurt Angle, Bret Hart. And as far as shows go, I started going to Caroline's in 2007. I saw Susie Essman there twice. I met her once. I saw Jeff She's Garland. Curb your enthusiasm, right? Yeah, I saw a okay. lot of my uh, my comedians there were Curb. I saw Jeff Garland there perform, and I remember being so set on seeing him a second time there when his book came out. Because as I went to Caroline's, I, I like learned that you could stay in the room a little bit more, like later mm-hmm. after they dismiss you, mm-hmm. and you could most likely meet the comedian who was performing there. Mm-hmm. So I was like super set on going to Caroline's and seeing Jeff and hoping to meet him there. But as that day progressed, I just felt so sick. And I ended up just like calling my dad. I was like, I don't, I don't think I can go. And it turned out I ended up being like really sick that week or whatever, or two oh, weeks damn. or something. Yeah, that sucked. But I did get to see him there once. I okay. saw Louie there. I saw Patton Oswalt, and I met him there. That was cool. J.B. Smoove I saw, and I met him there. That was awesome. But it's just such a shame that they're closing because it was always, like, I haven't been there since 2011, but it was always fun to go there and catch a show, maybe head over to Hard Rock or something afterwards. And mm-hmm. I've were... only been there. I've only, like, uh, 
seen it from outside, you know, like walk by it. And I've always right. said like, oh, this is Caroline's. Like this is the famous comedy uh, um, stage, you know, and never actually seen a show there. But I always wanted to, and unfortunately, not doesn't look like I'm going to be uh, seeing a show there. <laughs> and they were know? apparently a pioneer for moving to Times Square when they did. Because at the time, it was still, like, dangerous and run down and covered in hookers and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty pretty interesting because then they moved there and, and then the other stores, apparently, like, Disney followed and a bunch of others. And New York City got somewhat cleaned up. So, but mm-hmm. it's a shame. But how was your week? Did you go to New York City at all or no? Um, no, I did not go to New York City at all. Um, my week was really good, you know. It just took a lot of time to rest, you know. I uh, last week I wasn't feeling too well, wasn't feeling a hundred percent. So took the took some time to myself, especially towards the end of the week. So just laid low and rested. I did binge watch Wednesday. I did binge watch. Uh, I said last week it was a really good show. Yeah, it was awesome. I was actually really impressed with it. And being the big fan of the Adams Family as a child, uh, like growing up, I always liked the Adams Family, and I always liked the monsters. I've always been like a fan of like that monster esque kind of a deal growing up as a kid. Right. So I was attached to the Adams Family, and. With this, I thought that it was really done well. I thought that um, the person portraying Wednesday did a really good job. Jenna Ortega. Wednesday. Yeah, I think that she did a phenomenal job. And um, I would even say that I I liked her performance of Wednesday more than Christina Ricci. Hmm. What do you think? I, it's just, it's a different, it's like completely different. It's yeah, even like a like... different age. Yeah, that's uh it's a similar no. age, but Christina Ricci uh, was probably like a 12, 13. But well they because she had like a school dance dance and prom and stuff for Ricci, right? I don't remember that. Cuz I think in Anna's Family 2. It's been a long time that, since I've seen that. Anna's Family 2 yeah. focused around summer camp, didn't it? No, but there I ooh I don't recall, but I remember that, was that there was one? that guy that fell in love, that really liked her, had a crush on her. I don't remember. That ended up with the mustache at the end of the movie. Um, but, yeah, I thought that this was great. I loved the portrayal of uh, Fester, Uncle Fester. I didn't. Uh, I would have preferred somebody else. It would have been nice to see Christopher really? Lloyd reprise his role. So... But I I feel like this fester was was more so maybe an homage to the the television show. Exactly, exactly. So I am not familiar with the actor portraying Fester, like you which are, which makes no sense. I, I don't know. So you you literally that, watch SNL every week. Now now I <laughs> it does tend to be on. But unfortunately, <laughs> um, but no, I was just joking. Um, but there were, but I'm not too familiar with him. I'm familiar enough, but I don't really know his work. So seeing him as Uncle Fester, it wasn't really skewed by who he is. But I really do love the fact that it really was a. I would prefer him over Christopher Lloyd just because I like the 
homage to the original. Right. And because like this was really like even the voice, this the way that he sounded and he laughed, yeah, reminded me of the original Uncle Fester. And I haven't watched that original Adams Family in such a long time, so just hearing his voice and hearing that laugh, I'm like, I was thinking, I'm like, wow, that's bringing back so many memories. Yes, that's Uncle Fester right there. Um, and of course, I mean the uh, Morticia and uh, Morticia. Gomez. Morticia and Gomez, they totally were brand new, you know, like it really wasn't that close to the original, but who was the, who played Gomez Adams? Uh, Luis Guzman. Yeah. He's, Saw him he's... at uh, Monday Night Raw, November 16th, 2007 at Madison Square Garden. <laughs> Jeez, he opened, here like a... he opened the, the show with Roddy Piper. In, in, a, in an here. SNL, everything. it was an SNL uh, bit. <laughs> but Wednesday yeah. Adams no. um, in, in Family Values is supposed to be twelve thirteen. Yeah, because Christina so Ricci one... was in the first movie. It was like eleven years old, so mm-hmm. she was she was at least. And how old is she in this one? Like fifteen, sixteen. Okay, I I thought that this was just. Really fun. I love the her best friend. Yeah, I I like that. Uh, really really preppy girl mixed with Wednesday. How that was just a perfect combination. But if you haven't watched Wednesday, definitely check out Wednesday. That was my weekend. But by the way, uh, in the television program, if people are unfamiliar with that, she was supposed to be like six years old. Yeah, she was a little kid. And I think it says in the Broadway show she was eighteen. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, but um, something I didn't mention last week with Wednesday was the dance sequence. Because as soon as I saw that dance week sequence, I was like, "That's gonna blow up on TikTok." A hundred percent. Yeah, that was and, viral. And before I think before we even recorded, it was already all over TikTok. And she apparently choreographed that herself, like the night yeah. before, while having COVID. So that was pretty crazy. Yeah, she was saying that she got that from uh, just watching a lot of goth dance videos from the, what, the 90s, I guess? Or I two, guess, early yeah. 2000s, 90s? But there and, was uh, there was that little homage to uh, the television show where Wednesday dances. Yeah, there were so many homages. I mean, the you rang with Lurch. There was so just so many things that were tossed in there that maybe if you weren't uh, a fan or familiar with the original, you wouldn't catch it. Yeah. But definitely a fan of the show. Check it out. Something you should also check out is the sports entertainment. And let's talk about some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. Kicking off with backstage, you had the Usos and Sami Zayn, the bloodline backstage. They're making their way to the ring only to be stopped for a quick little interview. And as they're talking, very rudely, Riddle goes skating right through them, right in between them. And they're getting pretty heated. And then out from behind them, Elias comes off, stepping off of this uh, huge coach bus, only to be attacked by Solo Sokoa, who then the bloodline just totally dismantled him. Yeah, Solo took him the absolute hell out. And that left... Riddle without a tag team partner, 
they had a uh, an in-ring segment beforehand. The Bloodline spoke a little bit. And Riddle found himself a replacement. The Usos end up picking up the victory over Matt Riddle and Kevin Owens. Mm-hmm. As far as the match goes, I wasn't really feeling it. Like, it wasn't bad. I just wasn't, I just couldn't get into it fully. Yeah. The ending, though. Like, they, so, they, it gets set up, they continue to beat down Matt Riddle, and then Kevin Owens used that steel chair to make that save. And then Solo was still out there and and tried to clobber, or not tried to, he did clobber Matt Riddle, and he picked him up, which I absolutely love this part. He uses the Samoan spike, and he does the, yeah, the running I, hip attack, and then he did another one while that chair was was around his neck. Yeah, you know, I thought the yeah, aftermath the was much everything. better than the actual match itself. I agree, and I think that was a big takeaway. And I mean, it was a total throwback to uh, paying homage to Umaga. Thirteen years and a day after Umaga passed away. Yeah, you know, so I really, I loved it. I I know that you did, you know. It's always special to see them doing an homage like that, especially Umaga, you know. Ever since the Bloodline, I, I've been thinking of Umaga so m- much more than, like, previously. You know, we were always a ba- big fan of his, especially because of the Onawaii family <laughs> Bloodline and everything. Maga. Yeah, back in the time, <laughs> back in the time, you know. But I liked, yeah, uh, I thought this was great, and that Samoa Spike. I hope he continues to utilize I it. I think he has used that before, though. I feel like he has. I want to see it more, though. And and he he kept on really getting very vocal during this. You know, yeah. a lot of screams, a lot more screams than usual. And you know, it was definitely awesome. And I like the fact that Umaga, like you were saying, like you've been thinking a lot about him, or whatever. I like that he's in two K twenty two. So I think that's awesome. Yeah, and also, uh, Reality of Wrestling just announced that his son is training with them now. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't even know that he had a kid. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, after that, uh, we saw JBL's Poker Invitational start. And throughout the night, we saw a bunch of stuff with this. We saw Loomis show up with a big bag of Miz's money that he was paid, <laughs> I guess. And then Loomis ended up beating Corbin. And... Uh, even further later on, Corbin was caught cheating. Cards fell out of his sleeves or whatever. Um, we saw Dominic and Akira Tozawa get into it at one point, which led to a match. We also saw Miz try to get in, but he didn't have any money. And JBL's like, that's a fake watch. So he, he couldn't <laughs> get in. And also it led to the OC versus Alpha Academy later on as well. So... Uh, after that, we saw a segment with Bailey and Becky Lynch, where Bailey was just basically saying that she's with damage control, just trying to make WWE a better place. Becky just focuses on herself. She wants to work with younger talent. She wants to to make the women's division the top tier in wrestling or whatever. Meanwhile, they both want the titles, but Becky Lynch came out through the crowd. That was that was nice. No Bob this week. Yeah, no Bob, but she did make uh, reference to some of the signs in the crowd and everything like that. And then as Becky Lynch left, her and Rhea Ripley had a very, very long stare down. So that match is probably coming soon-ish, maybe. Yeah, things to come. 
After though that that match, we saw Bailey pick up the victory over Rhea Ripley and Asuka, which uh, allowed Bailey to move on to next week's Monday Night Raw to face the winner of the next Triple Threat match. But I thought this was a good match. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I thought that it was a good match. I like the interactions with uh, Rhea Ripley as well. Um, it was solid. I, I mean, I kind you kind could kind of figure that Bailey was going to win, but it was still good. I like the headbutt from Rhea Ripley that led to Asuka being able to hit that German suplex on Bailey. Yeah. And they did a bunch of moves like this, which I liked. But like, also another thing was uh, Asuka using the armbar on Rhea Ripley and Bailey dropping an elbow onto Asuka. I thought that yeah. was nice. But Rhea Ripley at one point jumped from the steps. Bailey dodged it. And Rhea could have had Asuka pin right then and there. But. The match went on, and Bailey eventually hit that rose plant on Asuka to pick up that victory. Yeah, and then Rhea uh, Ripley continued the, the attack on on Asuka afterwards. So yeah. Next up, you had Seth Rollins cutting a promo in the ring. Um, it was your a very solid promo. Yeah, basically just saying he's going to be facing um, Bobby Lashley next week in a number one contenders match for the U S championship. But he also like called Lashley out Man, and Lashley said that he can't. thinks Bobby Lashley might be jealous of Brock Lesnar. And it led to them fighting and Petey Williams ended up eating a six spear from Bobby Lashley. All the while Corey Graves is calling him Pete Williams. I was like, what? No, it's Petey. You never get, it's not going to be anything but Petey. And uh, yeah. and I thought Mustafa Ali should have been involved in this match, the number one contender segment. But Theory was interviewed later on, and Mustafa Ali interrupted, and that led to a championship match where Ali picks up the victory, but it's via disqualification, so Austin Theory retains the championship. Yeah. And I think it but, was, and it it was controlled a majority by Theory. Yeah, and Mustafa Ali, like once again, he's just he's just being tossed to the side. Even when he's in the matches, he's just being still tossed to the side as like the ragdoll who shouldn't be there. You know, like at the even in this, you know, towards the end of it, where he got knocked into by everybody else, and then Ziggler started to go after him. You know, well, Ziggler, yeah, Ziggler showed up and super kicked Theory out of nowhere. Uh, I mean, Mustafa Ali out of nowhere. No, did he yeah. super kick Theory? No, no, he he, yeah, he super kicked Theory, costing Ali the match. Right, but so then Theory Ali won. Theory won the, via yes, disqualification. Correct. Yeah, Theory won the match, and then after that, Mustafa Ali was trying to confront Ziggler. Yeah, he was pissed and off. Ziggler was, Ziggler was all heated, and Ali was all heated. And then Theory got back in the ring and beat both of them down. Yeah, he shoved, I believe he shoved or attacked Ziggler, pushing him into Ali, and yeah. then, you know. But next up, you had the OC pick up the victory over Corbin in Alpha Academy. JBL um, did commentary for this. Yep, nice little throwback with JBL doing commentary. This went a lot longer than I thought it would. Yeah. But I enjoyed every second of this match. Yeah, I like that. It, they, it happened during the poker game, also. But the the nerd versus Shush, back and forth <laughs> between uh, yeah, 
Gable and, and Luke Gallows. Um, that that leg pick that that uh, Chad Gable did was really nice. I thought that was nice. The exploder suplex. Yeah, by that was Otis really cool. Onto to Luke Gallows was dope. Yeah. So definitely enjoyed this match overall. After that, Candice LeRae was interviewed, and I guess because she beat Dakota Kai last week, she's gonna face EO Sky next week. But the way showed up, and uh, she was surprised that they won at the poker game. And she had to discuss what they'll spend that money on with Johnny. So that led, that that was the end of that segment. Really just sets up that she's facing EO next week. Yeah. But we saw Dominic Mysterio pick up the victory over Akira Tozawa. Not a one-sided match, but a very obvious outcome. Which I'm fine with. It yeah, gets I agree. Zawa on television. I mean, this all coming from that poker game earlier where Dominic was pretty was cheating, got called out for cheating, and he just didn't care. You know, then of course he started saying how Tazawa reminded him of his father. They were the same height and everything. And then during this match, Dominic picking up the victory, I was kind of surprised that he didn't do the shimmy on top though. Did Dominic cheat during that? Yeah. So they uh, had Dominic yeah. and Corbin cheating? Yeah, Corbin was cheating I don't and Dominic, Dominic was cheating, cheating too. Yeah, he I forgot what he did. I think he either had he started either I think he started taking money off the table or taking money that he wasn't supposed to or he had something up his sleeve. I forgot what happened, but he just didn't care. You know, he just didn't care. But yeah, Dominic when he went to the top rope, he didn't do the Eddie Guerrero shimmy. And it was kind of funny because commentary, uh, I think it was JBL or whoever was on commentary at the time, was saying that, like, something alluding to him about to doing the shimmy on top. Right. And he didn't do it. Well, afterwards, we saw the Street Profits run down and make the save right before the Judgment Day could beat Akira Tozawa down. Yeah. I'm assuming we'll see a, a six-man tag next week. Um, Yeah, why not? Main event of Monday Night Raw saw the other triple threat match. Alexa Bliss picking up the victory over Nikki Cross and Becky Lynch. Backstage, though, the Bray Wyatt logo flashed behind Alexa Bliss again. And she also had Lily with her backstage, but not for the match, which I thought was weird. That's true. And we haven't seen her with Lily in a long time, I feel, right? Um, Maybe not that long. Like I feel like we haven't seen her holding Lily in a in a while. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but Lily just got two new definitely, merch items on. Yeah, definitely not bringing her. She hasn't been bringing Lily out to the ring with her. Yeah, I don't think so. But this uh, this match, I think the other triple threat was much better. Um, I'll agree with you, but I think that this outcome was more surprising. Uh, very much so. Alexa Bliss during this, by the way, we're on the topic of Lily and Bray Wyatt. Uh, she went to use Sister Abigail during this early on, mm. but she didn't get it. She yeah. she did do the the merry go round off the uh, the apron to both Becky Lynch and Nikki Cross. I like that. Yeah, I also liked Becky Lynch not being able to manhandle slam Nikki on the apron at first, and then she went for a German suplex only to have her get out of it, and then Becky hits the the manhandle slam on the apron. Yeah, it was a nice spot. Yeah, and then damage control because it's uh, no DQ. They came down ringside and put Becky Lynch through the table, a la the shield. 
And uh, Alexa Bliss hit Twisted Bliss to pick up that victory. So she'll yeah, be facing yeah. Bailey next week, and then the winner goes on to face Bianca Belair. Safe to say that Damage Control got the job done. You know, they got Becky Lynch out of that match, and they Bailey succeeded. I, I'm just like, I don't know where this will lead to. Like, does Becky Lynch now cost Bailey the match, and then at Raw Rumble, it's Bliss and Belair? Uh, could be, or maybe it becomes a triple threat somehow. I don't know. You know, I don't know, but let's get on to some NXT. Heavy uh, triple threat action this week. Yeah, a ton. Axiom picking up the victory over Von Wagner and Andre Chase to get into the Iron Survivor Challenge. Um, this is the match that they announced last week. So now Axiom is going to be entering that. Um, I am kind of disappointed. Wanted Van- Von Wagner to be in there. Yeah, I was surprised by Axiom. I thought the match itself was okay. Yeah. The spot where Andre Chase superplexed Axiom and then it like took out Von Wagner, I just thought didn't look great. Yeah. Cause I like agree. to me, it looked more like what it, when that spot happened, I was like, Oh, that's, that's cool. Von Wagner hit like a some sort of like power bomb esque move to just deal more damage to Axiom, but yeah, apparently I guess he was supposed to land on him, perhaps. But I'm yeah, a big it's... fan of Axiom winning this because I think A Kid was fantastic. Axiom, we haven't seen that from Axiom just yet, a hundred percent from him. That's we saw that, him that's face true. off against uh, Nathan Fraser in that series. I mean, that's. You got to yeah, and that's very there. true. Yeah, yeah. When it comes to an Iron Survivor Challenge matchup, I think that Axiom is going to be a lot of fun to see in this sort of a match. But Von Wagner, I'm a, I, 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 I've found myself being a fan of the powerhouse wrestlers more than the, uh, the the high flyers recently. Um. So. Well, I guess, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, they're all, I guess, inside that Iron Survivor Challenge, they they all have done some, like, uh, not high-flying, but, like, in that realm. Because, mm-hmm. like, even Joe Gacy, he does, like, springboard stuff. Yeah. But Axiom, uh, Andre Chase hit that crossbody, and then Axiom hit that running super kick to pick up the victory there. And then we saw backstage Chase U. They were in the locker room. And Thea Hale was super pumped that she got herself a match. It turned out to be against Isla Dawn. And Duke Hudson tried to tell Andre Chase to, like, tell her not to do it. But he was pissed off that he lost. And he let her take the match. Which we'll put a pin on. Put it. Put a pin in it. We saw Julius Creed backstage getting checked out by the doctors, and the doctor cleared him. And then Ivy Nile spoke up about Julius's rib problem, and he went and felt his ribs, and he goes, oh, you're not cleared anymore. Ooh. So that pissed Julius off. But we saw another segment between Braun Breaker and Apollo Crews. They went on the fishing trip together. I don't necessarily think it was needed. <laughs> no. But it showed Apollo Cruz's first match in NXT against Ty Dillinger at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 
and more specifically that that moonsault, the standing moonsault that Brom Breaker saw Apollo Crews do, apparently, like according to the storyline, I don't know if that's like a shoot thing, but he saw Apollo Crews do it and then decided to do it for himself. Mm-hmm. So I thought like that aspect of it was nice, but yeah, it's, but it's we'll cool. see if if Apollo Cruz's vision is true come deadline. Yeah, but next up you had Javier Bernal take on Bryson Montana, but this matchup did not take place as Indus Sheer totally dismantled Bryson Montana. Uh, just totally took him out. And then what I liked is that Burnell still made his entrance uh, towards the ring. And then once he saw that Indus Shearer in the ring standing, he ended up faking that hamstring injury and just totally walked away. I thought he was going to get in the ring and like actually pin him to win. Because I uh, feel like that would work for his character. But Indus Shearer was still in there, so no. Yeah. And I, I think that both both... I think that him walking away with a big yeah, injury works too. You know, Absolutely. I mean, because even if he went in, if he stepped into the ring while Indusheer was in the ring, Indusheer would have right, to yeah. destroy him. But Indusheer cut a promo afterwards, and they were like, "We're we're gonna wait for the Creeds to be a hundred percent." And then the Creeds came out, and the officials held them back. So, yeah, I I loved this promo from Indusheer. How they were just like. Yeah, we we want to take you up your challenge, and we're going to answer your challenge. But you're not a hundred percent. You're hurt, and we want you at a hundred percent. So no, we turn you down for the shot. And then Javier, I thought that that was really. Huh? I was going to say, and then Javier Burnell was interviewed later on, and he was yeah. like super nervous, and and Mackenzie Mitchell was like, "Are you scared of Indusheer?" And he's like, "No." And then she called over Ikim and Jiro and. Uh, asked what he thinks about Javier and he called him a chicken. So I thought that was funny. Yeah. I'm dude, I am such a mark for Indusheer. So I I really hope that these two guys succeed heavily. Um by but, by yeah, 2024 yeah. I hope they're at least the NXT tag team champions. I I hope by the end of 2023. Well, you know, what, by the end of 2024. You said twenty. No, you just said twenty twenty four. But I hope yeah, that's that what I, I meant. Like quicker, at least between. I hope quicker. I hope <laughs> between yeah. the end of twenty twenty three and twenty twenty four. I hope by twenty twenty four they're on the main roster. You know. But next up, you had Tony D'Angelo pick up the victory over Zion Quinn. Um, Tony's first match in uh, about three months. Yeah, went as expected yeah, with that injury. Mm-hmm. But Tony cut a promo afterwards, and he still wants the North American Championship. And he claimed that Wesley took his knee out on purpose. And Wesley came out, and he was like, you're going to have to wait until I'm done with Dijak. And Tony's like, I don't care about Dijak. Dijak will have to wait. And then Dijak showed up on the Tron. And he's like, as long as you stay out of my way, I won't have to take care of you. So... Do we see Dijak actually eventually taking out Tony D'Angelo as well? I could see him getting in the way and then Dijak taking him out. I wonder if we'll see a triple threat there for the North American Championship. That That's a good idea. 
After that, we saw another promo from Scripps basically saying he's there now and he's going to be targeting the Chosen Ones. And I don't think this is going to work. I agree. I don't know what they were thinking. I mean, I, I don't know. His gimmick before was totally fine. I mean, if you want to toss a mask on him, cool. <laughs> like, I it mean... just doesn't make sense. Like, Reggie had, like, no history with NXT. Yeah. He literally went from being, like, yes, there was NXT, like, not non-TV NXT, but he literally went from that to being Carmella's sommelier and then literally just <laughs> everything that we saw at the 24-7 championship. Yeah, like, his name legit isn't on any wall in NXT, not even in the bathroom. Like... Yeah, I don't get and it. And scripts, but... it had such build behind it, and it's like, <laughs> I'm a fan of Reggie, but will this work? And and I know. for him to not be wrestling this week, I feel like that's almost like an AEW sort of thing to do. At least he yeah. got the promo out of it, but I feel well, like instead of promos, it's Reggie, when you see Reggie as a wrestler, he's more about that entrance. He's more about that moveset. Yeah, he's a sideshow. I don't want to say sideshow. I'll say sideshow. He's a circus freak. <laughs> he came from Cirque du Soleil, so. Exactly. He's but I'm the not going to say he's act. a sideshow attraction. Why not? He's a sideshow act. No way. He's not the main event. He he's a sideshow act. If you want to put it in perspective of sideshow or whatever, if you take Bonesaw versus Spider-Man, whatever he was known as in that first match... That's what it reminds me of with Reggie. Because you don't think Reggie's going to be able to do the stuff he does. And then Reggie goes out and does what he does. I don't know. I, and then Spider-Man. Yeah. Basically, I'd say Spider-Man was a main eventer. Are you saying Scripps is a main eventer? <laughs> <laughs> Give us the right storyline. I don't know. I don't know. But next up, you had Charlie Dempsey. Pick up the victory over Hank Walker. Uh, Dempsey, just submission artist. Yeah, this stemmed from a backstage segment too, but Drew Gulak showed up during this, and people were like, oh, well, why is he here? I'm like, well, I think I know why he's here. Mm -hmm. I popped big time for Gulak showing up, and I really like the ending of this match. Walker went for that big boot, and Dempsey caught his leg and eventually just locked him in that submission and made him tap out. Yeah. So I thought that was dope. Also, uh, Charlie Dempsey is apparently one of the people working in the ring. Him and Drew Gulak apparently working with Jamie Noble to help him get back in ring shape for his last match ever on the live event this weekend. That's pretty cool. It's, Do you think that we're going to see Dempsey with his dad soon? Apparently you can't. Apparently huh? you can't have it until 2024. Why not? That's in this contract. You can't appear on NXT television, or not NXT, just television until 2024, apparently. Oh, so what? Four more weeks? 2024. Oh, an entire year? Yeah. No way. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Well, if anything, <laughs> I mean, I guess that gets him to work. No. But he'll, be, no but he'll be able to train Dempsey and train with him, yeah. 
Yeah, I I see him on tw- on TV in 2023. It was it, the way the the stuff was put out there. He was he had the contract where he had a clause to opt out. Where if he did, he can't be on television or something. I don't buy it. I mean, that's every single news site that covered this story. That's what it says. I don't buy it. But something I will buy is Pretty Deadly's Christmas Story. They are entertaining as all heck in the ring. I will say, though. Um, yes. It took place the the second week of December. I was, would have expected it to take place maybe two weeks from when it did. A little bit, a little bit closer to... A little bit closer to Christmas, yes. But during the segment, they're reading their own Christmas story, basically. And made mention that no team will be able to beat them. They've beaten them all. And New Day came out and challenged them to a a championship match at deadline. Which I thought that was awesome. It's been nine years since Kofi Kingston was there. It's been eight years since Xavier Woods has been there. So, I pop yeah. for that big time. Same. I thought that this was all incredible. And now yeah. I'm starting to think, like, do I want Pretty Deadly to lose the championships? No. But now New Day is in the picture. And I'm like, I kind of want to see New Day be the NXT Tag Team Champions. I would say... Let New Day win. It'll get them out of SmackDown for right now. And we we always do say that we do want to see more wrestlers go down to NXT and even hold titles down there to help uplift the other wrestlers. Yeah. It's funny because, like, NXT always kind of had stuff like that. We saw two cools show up once to take on the champions. So I thought that was pretty cool. But, uh... Match after that, we saw Isla Dawn pick up the victory over Thea Hale, which was a good first, like, NXT TV introduction for Isla, Isla Dawn. Dawn. Yeah, I agree. Thea Hale got some good moves in, too. Don't want to take that away from her. No. But Alba but... Fire showed up afterwards, and her and Isla Dawn brawled. And yeah. Isla Dawn accidentally missed one of the referees. No good. Poison missed. Ouch. Uh-uh. We had no we had another video package for Lyra Valkyria just saying that she'll be there next week after I guess deadline so I'm I'm pumped. I'm very very pumped to see her. It's been way too yeah. long. Um we saw Briggs and Jensen pick up the victory over Anofi and Blade which stemmed from a TikTok video. And I, Those TikTok videos, very, uh, you know. And I don't know why they were dancing. It's weird. I forget who was even in the TikTok at this point. But they were doing a dance without music, which made no sense. <laughs> but the two teams behind them were arguing, and I don't know why. But Von Wagner ends up coming out during this, and he brawled with Odyssey Jones to the back. So I guess that's why he didn't win the, the triple threat match. He'll probably go on to face Odyssey. But that distracted yeah. Idris and Ophi, and he ate that that victory there. Uh, loss. Yeah, big big L. Yeah. Next up, you had 
Indy Hartwell pick up the victory over Wendy Chu and Fallon Henley to advance in the Iron Survivor Challenge onto it. Uh, Indy Hartwell, very happy to see her advancing into this. What do you think? Um, so, it just, like I said last week, it's it was, I couldn't see anybody but Indy winning this. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, um... I could have seen Wendy Chu winning that match, but not me. Yeah, I could have seen Wendy Chu winning that match. I I do. I will say I like this match more than the men's match that opened. Um. Yeah, I agree. I like the ending a lot more. I liked also. I mean, the beginning part where Wendy Chu and Fallon Henley started the match by going after Indy because yeah. Indy's been showing attitude as of late. Yeah. I didn't even mind the Tower of Doom spot. When Indy superplex Henley and then Wendy Chu hit that German suplex on Indy Hartwell, no, but that it was finisher, a good spot. that finisher was a the the end of the match. I should say was really good. Wendy Chu hits her finisher, Indy throws her out of the ring, and then rocks Fallon Henley with that forearm to pick up that victory. Yeah, I like that that just in ring in ring thinking from Indy Hartwell just. That quick maneuver just to get the victory. Yeah, and then she cut a, a fired-up promo in the Toxic Lounge afterwards that makes me think she'll be the one that, that wins this match on Saturday. This is definitely a new side of Indy Hartwell that we're seeing. Yeah, but NXT closes out with the Grayson Waller effect. It was all the male competitors in the Iron Survivor Challenge. The women had video packages throughout the night, so that was nice that they at least had that. But Grayson Waller ends up making fun of his opponents to their face, and none of them did anything about it. No. I don't think this was a super strong segment going into deadline, but it ended with that, like, brawl between everyone. So I get it. I just don't think it was, like, the strongest close. Could have been better. Yeah, but that's NXT. Going to move over to NXT deadline. Uh, Perhaps maybe the last... Um, PLE from the Performance Center for NXT, maybe? As they announced Vengeance. In, Could be. Uh, Vengeance Day in February, taking place in, I think it was North Carolina. North Carolina, I think. Yeah, it's very possible, but... So, let's kick it off. Let's go with the singles match. Alba Fire taking on Isla Dawn. I'm going to go with Isla... Oh. <laughs> I'm going to go with Alba Fire. I do think that Isla Dawn needs the victory. I feel the same way as you, but I'm going to say Isla Dawn. Okay. I feel like Alba Fire is going to get the revenge factor in there. It seems like she would the, she would be probably most likely to, to win, but I could also see maybe like Isla Dawn somehow takes Alba Fire out and then she's off TV until maybe February or something to, to set up another match. All right, all right. Um, let's go with the Men's Iron Survivor Challenge to determine the number one contender for the NXT Championship. Carmelo Hayes versus J.D. McDonough, Grayson Waller, Joe Gacy, and Axiom. I'm going to go with... Ooh. I'm going to go with J.D. McDonough. I'm going to say... And I... And I hate saying that because I feel like Madonna's like always in there, but he's never had a. I feel like every time he's in there, somebody else finds a way to get into his matches. So he's never actually had a 
one-on-one match with Braun Breaker even. Or at least not that uh, on pay-per-view or that I remember. I'm almost certain he did. I feel like he has too, but I feel like there's always somebody else that gets involved somehow. Um, I'm going McDonough. He did face Braun Breaker only in that. You he did, when? yeah, Heat Wave. Heat Wave? Yeah. Back, oh, in, yeah. back in August. I... Oh, that's true. I'm going to say Joe Gacy for the hell of it. They got the new stuff going on with Schism. Uh huh. So, hmm. Maybe Ava you know what? gets involved. I'm gonna. I'm gonna change. I would. I would go Gacy, but it'd be different from you. I'm gonna go with Waller. But next up, let's go over to the women's Iron Survivor Challenge now. Is Zoe Char- uh, Zoe Stark taking on Cora Jade, Roxanne Perez, Kiana James, and Indy Hartwell? I'm gonna say Indy. I'm going to follow suit, Indy Hartwell. The NXT Tag Team Championships on the line. Pretty deadly. Defending those titles against the New Day. New Day? I'm going to say the New Day. I mean, we basically said it before. Yeah, I think that that would be great to see the New Day as Tag Team Champions and kind of uh, elevate the other tag teams that are in the division. New Day would become, uh, what are they called? Grand Slam Champions? Tag Champions? Grand Slams? That'd be awesome, you know. But main event of the evening, or at least that we could assume, NXT Championship on the line. Braun Breaker taking on Apollo Cruz. Braun Breaker. Yeah. No, no dispute there. I definitely, <laughs> I don't see Cruz winning the championship. Yeah, no. But maybe uh-huh. it's like. Because I have to assume that's going to be the main event as well. So maybe we would see something where it's like Joe Gacy wins the Iron Survivor Challenge. And then maybe Joe Gacy schism takes out Cruz or something. I don't know. Could. Could happen. Likely. I don't know. Maybe. But that's NXT deadline. Moving over to SmackDown. It was announced that John Cena is going to be making his return to WWE on SmackDown in two weeks. The last episode of the year in three weeks, not two weeks. Um, And I have to assume he's going to be wrestling because this has been the first year of his career that he hasn't wrestled a single match. So... We shall see what happens with that. The Usos, though, kicked off SmackDown, defeating the Brawling Brutes to retain the Tag Team Championships. Drew McIntyre wasn't cleared to team with Sheamus. That was announced on Monday Night Raw. I like the match. I like that rolling senton that Sheamus did to Jimmy while Butch was on his back. I also really liked how fired up the Brawling Brutes were. They were ready to win the Tag Team Championships. I thought Sheamus had that nice Celtic cross and the, the neck break, neckbreaker combo with, with Butch. But Sammy got in the ring. Ridge ends up taking him out, but Solo takes Ridge out. Sammy ends up getting back into the mix where he held Sheamus's leg to prevent him from breaking up the final pin. And then later on, the Bloodline were celebrating in their locker room. And right before they left, Jay pulled Sammy aside And said, because Roman Reigns is coming to SmackDown next week, maybe you should trim up. So, 
I guess he's getting Sami Zayn to cut his hair and beard a little bit or all of it. I have no idea. I right now in my my head when I when I see that scene, I'm picturing Mick Foley in the corporation where it's just like, holy crap, what is going on? <laughs> but we'll see. Uh, L.A. Knight came out and he still is on the whole thing. Bray Wyatt attacked him. He showed video footage of the masked person that was seen as he was leaving right before he was attacked. They showed another spot where there was a masked person in the background of that. He ends up getting interrupted from Uncle Howdy. And Uncle Howdy had a tear rolling down his cheek. And L.A. Knight went looking for Bray Wyatt only to find a locker room with a Bray Wyatt shirt. And then the masked man showed up. And that was the end of that. Viking Raiders versus Legato Del Fantasma ends up in a no contest. B-Fab came out with a chair sitting on the uh, the ramp looking on. And then Hit Row attacked Legato from behind with the chairs. They attacked the Viking Raiders. Sarah Logan, Valhalla got involved. And uh, B-Fab ended up taking her out. But uh, I don't know. And then she... she uh, B-Fab sent, sent her into Zelina Vega, but I feel like the Raiders looked weak in this scene. We saw Gunter and Ricochet have a contract signing. New Day immediately interrupted just to back Ricochet up against Imperium in case anything happened. And it turned into a six-man tag match. New Day and Ricochet picked up the victory over Imperium. And it's like, it wasn't a bad match. But I would have, I could have done without it. I would have just liked to have had the championship match with with Ricochet and Gunther next week. And then just have New Day with Pretty Deadly on Saturday, win the titles, whatever, etc. Backstage in the trainer's room, Rey Mysterio was there getting looked at. And Scarlett and Karrion Cross walked in. Cross just wanted to talk. He told an old story about an old horse. Not an old story. He told a story, though, about an old horse and how it's sad to watch the old horse, I guess alluding to Rey Mysterio and him being injured right now, if you're going to read between the lines. But earlier in the night, we saw Kathy Kelly interviewing Legato Del Fantasma, but in the background, Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler end up smashing Shotzi Blackheart's hand in a car door, which we didn't see, but that you could only assume happened. They were asked about it later on. They denied doing it. But Liv Morgan, Tegan Knox stepped up since they broke Natalia's nose, they broke Raquel's elbow, and now they have Shotzi's hand is broken. This led to a tag team match. Liv Morgan and Tegan Knox picked up the victory over the horsewomen. I liked Ronda Rousey coming out with the blue tongue and then doing the Liv Morgan taunt to Liv Morgan, to mock Liv Morgan. Um, I really didn't like the moment when Tegan tagged Liv Morgan in at one point. Shayna Baszler was like at a full charge towards Tegan, but stopped when she got the tag. Like, I just, I don't get that. She's supposed to be a beast, but Raquel makes her way out. She's held back by officials, which allowed uh, Liv Morgan and Tegan Knox to cheat behind the referee's back. And I think that might be a best case scenario where Tegan should have won her match back, her first match back. So I'm happy about that. Uh, Throughout the night, Kurt Angle had a birthday celebration going on backstage. He was with Gable Steveson at first with Braun Strowman and then at a party where Jason Jordan showed up and gave him a number one dad card with like dry pasta around it. I popped for that. 
Alpha Academy showed up and they weren't on the list. They tried to get in. Um, Street Profits were able to get in. We also saw in the background Bray Wyatt lurking. But in the ring, Kurt Angle had his birthday party celebration. Alpha Academy interrupted right away. Chad Gable was pissed off because they weren't invited to that party. And then Gable basically mocked Kurt, told him get out of the ring so Otis could eat the cake. (laughs) Which I thought was really funny. And he said, if you don't, you might end up with another broken freaking neck. And then Kurt leaves the the ring while they eat the cake. And he's like, well, if you're going to eat the cake, you're going to need a lot of milk and out drove a milk truck. Gable Stevenson was in it. And they repeated that that milk spot from years ago with the Alliance from 2001. And uh, that was, what, what else can you ask for? I thought, I thought it was great. Kurt Angle and Gable Stevenson and SmackDown with the, the two milk salute. So that was pretty cool. That's SmackDown. going to take a quick break right now. And I'll be back with Chris right here on Marking Out. Hey, this is Kurt Angle. This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Back on Marking Out Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Uh, Chris, I'm back after a small hiatus because life got in the way of podcasting. So I'm here. We're ready to rock and roll for some AEW Rampage Dynamite. Ring of Honor has a big pay- their final battle pay-per-view this week. Ends. And, uh, and Brandon's here with me. I'm not by myself. So, Brandon, hi. Hey, howdy, hey. Hey, howdy, hey. That's it. So, what's going How on? How has your week's been? Uh, I'm busy. Sh- I stopped myself. Wow. Good. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't have mattered, but, like, I went seamlessly from football season right into basketball season. Um, so, but now this weekend is my first weekend off since August. Full weekend off. So, I'm going to have myself a nanny. Uh, and the first thing it's going to do is by starting to find my keys because I've lost them somewhere in my house right now. And that's the only thing that's on my mind is trying to find my damn keys. It's those Christmas um, elves. You know what? They're, you know, maybe they didn't like the fact that I have them dangling upside down in the, our Christmas lights we have in our kitchen. It's probably them. Son they were like, how keys. dare he go out and buy presents? We do that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, okay. okay. How dare he go donate 20 Andrade figures to a toy drive? How dare he? 20? Yep, 20. I went to the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast uh, holiday toy drive. How was that? It was, um, I went with my son, first of all. So it was, I thought it was cool. It was a great event. You know, walked in. It's, you know, you bring, your your cover is two unopened figures. I donated 20 Andrade figures because they were $1.99 on ringside. So did you, you met uh dirty dango or something? Or? So here's like, I only stayed like, so the event started at five o'clock. It was a two hour meet and greet, but they staggered the meet and greet. So in the beginning, before the show, they had a bunch of guys signing and doing autographs. And then after the show, they had a bunch of guys, like the bigger guys, like, you know, Bear Bronson was signing afterwards, Tyrus, Alex Riley, all those guys. But I didn't, I stayed for the first three matches because I'm with my nine year old son. It's a school night. You know, so, but we got there early, we got online, we met Matt, Brian, and Mark. So, like, you get in, there was a line to go to ringside where Matt, Brian, and Mark were standing, and they signed your, you know, if you had a print or whatever you wanted to get signed. So, since we donated 20 figures, we got two prints. Um, So, we got that signed, and then we went to the back room where they had a bunch of guys signing at the time. It was like, Shook Crew was there, Max Caster, Super Crazy, Hornswoggle... Uh, Captain Chew's VSK, but Jordan... Did you meet Super Crazy? Um, I saw him, and I saw Super Crazy wrestle. Oh, man, that's awesome. It was, honestly, like, bang, bang... It's not my match of the week, but banger of a match. Aaron Rourke versus 
Eric James versus Super Crazy in a three-way. Super Crazy still has it, man. Um, but Jordan just wanted to meet Max Caster and scissor him, so he did. <laughs> he just walked to me. Jordan walks over to him, gives him his print, he signs it, and then Jordan just throws up the scissor. He goes, oh, hey, man, awesome. Scissors him, gives him a pin. <laughs> we bought a hat. I was talking to him about his uh, match the night before on Dynamite, which we'll talk about in full de- in depth. And I was like, hey. Did you, did you see A-Rise match or no? No, I didn't see I saw – so the first match, which was Jordan's favorite match, was VSK versus Philip Cardigan. Um, if, you, if you're not familiar with Philip Cardigan, look him up. He's – outstanding you know i'm a big fan of comedy wrestling and they did a good job of like blending the comedy wrestling and actual real wrestling because we know how good vsk is um which was a great match and then the second match was a triple threat tag team match with the even stevens facing off against um cpa and kevin tibbs against this new team it's like birds of the sun it's leo sparrow and i forget the other guy's name but that was a fun triple threat match and then the third match was Eric James versus Aaron Rourke versus Super Crazy, which Aaron Rourke picked up the uh, picked up the victory on. But I didn't stay. Unfortunately, I didn't stay at the end. You know, it is what it is. I went. You know, the 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 main focus for me was to get there and, and donate because right. I've tried to go to this thing for the past you know, since this is the fifth one. I've tried to go the past four years, but unfortunately, this this week is it. You know, usually it falls in the same week where like my company does this big youth football tournament like we film it and like we're a vendor there in florida so like 2018 i didn't go but like i had to pull the reins of you know they took a bunch of guys down to florida so i had to pull the reins of filming and going out and doing that stuff so and it was my first year on the job so it's like oh hey i gotta take off to do this 2019 i had to i went down to this tournament 2020 i had to stay in the back end and do a bunch of back end stuff like filling out orders and organization stuff like that same thing happened last year, and then this year I, I told my boss like a month ago, I'm like, hey, listen, I need this day off. I didn't tell why, um, and it was cool. So I enjoyed it. Uh, got to hang out with uh, the the major money Mark Shorty Caulfield, and uh, I saw EBW legend Justin Sane there as well, and I haven't seen him since uh, <laughs> the backyard days. He walked up to me and goes, hey, what's up, EC- EBW alum? I'm like, oh, what's happening? So... Excuse me. Justin Sane was he? He was on that. Uh, did he do the uh, public access TV? He was on public access TV. Yeah, he had like a mask, and then like he dropped the mask, and then he was like the uh, you know the top guy for a while. I think I used to watch him. I think they used to wrestle on a beach. No, I'm no. almost certain. I no. could swear to God there was somebody on Ju- named Justin Sane. I mean, I I wouldn't be put it past that. You know, there's one. Indie wrestler or one backyard wrestler at all. The United States. <laughs> hey man, we had a real ring, so whatever. Uh, it is what it is. Fun. They donated over like six thousand toys, which I think that's awesome, and it's outstanding, man. And like, I'm, I'm glad I got to be a part of it. That's the only thing I really I could care less about. You know, meet Matt Bryant and Mark, but the fact that I got to go, I got to donate and you know do my thing and help for. Uh, it made me. It made my uh, my holiday heart, uh, you know, grow a little bit. I don't think at this point it's it's meeting. Matt, Brian, and Mark. I think it's just like seeing your friend, yeah, <laughs> Matt. Yeah, I mean, you know, but like Jordan's never met them before, so like you know they were very cool with him, which I, I really appreciate. Um, was Mackenzie there signing autographs? No, she no? didn't have a. No, Brian's daughter did not have a gimmick table set up. Maybe afterwards, I don't know, but um, you know, 
it was fun. It was good. Created pro wrestling. You know, if if you get a chance to not just the holiday toy drive, but to go to any of their like live shows that they do, you know, it's it's and it's become more apparent now than ever that they are the best wrestling school in the United States. Hands I down. watched their uh, the video where Brian was speaking about the Tatanka autographed Hasbro. Yes, and, and I, the blew card. your mind, right? Yeah. Like I not know. that I was I, I wasn't around that time when uh when they had the Hasbros and everything. Like I wasn't into wrestling. But I've certainly seen them since then. Yes, I know. And it's just it's it yeah, it blew my mind that his autograph on the, the, the signature on those figures said Chris Tatanka Chavis. Yeah. It's crazy. Um but yeah, it was cool. Um I did it, it, I've been lucking out recently because I, you know, I got I have a Walmart down the block from my house. So I'm like, oh, I need to go get this. Oh, I need to go get that. And I'm a big fan now of the WWE Superstars line. Have you seen these? They look like the old school like Remco figures. Yeah, the that's yeah. What the, they took over the Masters of the Universe. Yes, yes, absolutely. So I've been finding a lot of them in the wild. So um, you know, the past couple of weeks, I found a Warrior. I found Undertaker. I found DiBiase. I found. Um, who else did I find? But I, I found a bunch of them at my local Walmart, so I've been st- I'm like four away from having the complete set. So I think uh, is Bray Wyatt in that set. Bray Wyatt was in the first. Bray Wyatt was in the first uh, wave. I have him already. I have the whole first uh, wave, which was Hogan, uh, Bray, Flair, and Honky Tonk Man. Right. Yeah. So, uh, which is weird because sometimes the jumpsuit I think on Honky Tonk. Oh no, that's I'm thinking of the the one that comes in the arcade cabinet. Oh, the re, the retro fest, right? Yeah, that one. I think the jumpsuit in some lighting looks purple. Okay, and it's like really weird to me. Yeah, well, you have to. But I think I think white balance your pictures here, people. Come on. I think AEW figures might be on sale at Target. They are. I actually, I was speaking of this too. Uh, I think it was last week I went to Target because you know it's the holiday season, um, and you know I, I always scoop by the wrestling section, and boom, found a Chris Statlander, eleven ninety nine. Nice. Awesome. I was so pumped. I know. It was great. I was that, out of that like whole line. That was the only one that I was missing that I wanted. So I, I have I have Chuck. I have Trent. I have Orange Cassidy. Now I have Statlander. I don't need Moxley. And I don't need Pain Maker. No offense. Like, I don't need Pain Maker. There, <laughs> so, um, but I've been seeing uh, this, that Sammy Guevara Target exclusive is a pig warmer. Um, I saw about 50 of them the other day when I went to Target. But... I digress about my life. Let's go into wrestling life and professional wrestling life. And let's talk about from last week, AEW Rampage from the Farmers Coliseum in Indianapolis. You start off the show with Darby Allen picking up the victory over Carl, uh, Cole Carter. Um, expected. Uh, good to put a, a young guy like Cole Carter in a match against uh, somebody who's super over like Darby Allen. Well, it, it happened because weeks ago, Cole impersonated Sting. Yeah, so, okay. Uh, Darby used the bat on Nick Camarado before the bell and then controlled most of the match. Yeah, well, of course. You know, okay. I think Carter has a lot of potential, though. Absolutely. And you know, it, it's good. You know, the factory is essentially like the, the new guys. You put him with QT Marshall, who, you know, has been praised for the stuff that he can do with training people. And it gets him a little bit of TV time, which I'm about. After that, there was a backstage interview with Keith Lee, and he got interrupted again. That's been happening as of late. It's just nonstop interruptions for Keith Lee, this time by Shane Taylor. Love it. Love it. And he questioned Keith Lee always leaving family and 
he wants Swerve in our glory, basically, versus himself and J.D. Griffey, who I'm not familiar with. Neither am I. I, th- he's, I know he was part of Shane Taylor Promotions in the old incarnation of Ring of Honor, but I'm stoked about this. I think Shane Taylor is one of those, like Keith Lee, one of those big guys that can go. And I'm excited for him to be in front of you know, this Ring of Honor at Final Battle. Ring of Honor, this incarnation, I've said it twice in the past minute, incarnation of Ring of Honor to show what he can do, which I'm stoked about. I uh, I thought Swerving Our Glory was already broken up. Yeah, so did I, but you know what? Like, what, like, what are they going to have? Something's going to happen that's going to lead for a big blow-off match at a pay-per-view. They had uh, a video with Roosh 10 Dark Order. Yes. Uh, and and it was basically just the Beaver Boys promising to get revenge. Yeah, perfect. Uh, Good. I, I they should. I don't think we've seen. We didn't see anything updated with that though. Um, no, I think there was something backstage this week on Dynamite. But let's. Uh, my Hulu cut out of uh, parts of Dynamite this week, just just as it did it for numerous Spectrum uh, homes oh, as Hulu well. Hulu works with Spectrum. No, but I I was in the middle of that. Uh, tag match, the Jericho Priest Station side versus Blackpool Combat Club, and like Hulu just pooped out. Yeah, I think a lot of people that had Spectrum were ending up watching Big Bang Theory. Oh, really? Again. Yeah. Maybe that's why, like, Matt tweeted, Matt Cardona tweeted something, he's like, man, I love this I episode so. of Big, Big Bang Theory. Yeah, I think so. so. And it's weird, because, well, no, never mind. Uh, yeah. Spectrum's but, working yeah. with WWE, it's confirmed. <laughs> we saw the acclaimed, uh, I was under the impression that the acclaim was going to be facing FTR on Rampage, given the segment here that they said that they're going to be giving a title shot to the best team on Rampage. And then I figured that the guns would interrupt and the guns actually did interrupt this segment. Double J and Jay Lethal also interrupted, which I thought was weird. But Billy finally was like, you wanted the best. Like Kiss, and then uh, FTR came out. So it sets up after, I guess, a year <laughs> yeah. of needing a title shot. FTR finally gets that title shot. It didn't happen on Rampage, but no, it did happen on. Uh, it happened on Dynamite. Well, as I said, we'll talk about it. Yeah, because uh, I'll tell you what. I asked Max Caster how how he was after that match. He's like, my chest hurts. So. Uh, tag team action after this, though, as you saw Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett pick up the victory over Private Party uh, with a little uh, lethal injection stroke combination at the end, which, um, I mean... Do you watch this on Hulu? Or yeah, I can watch, watch it on Hulu. Why? Uh, well, because, like, for me, this, the majority w- of this match was a commercial break. Um, I watched it live, actually. Last so I think Friday. that commercial took it away, yeah. took took away from that from me. But I, I, from what was shown, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Private like, party I... had the match won, but the referee focused on Isaiah getting out of the ring, even though Lethal pulled him into the ring, and Isaiah was trying to get out of the ring. Heel tactics there, Jay Lethal, fantastic. After and I said it last time I was on here. After months and months and months, uh, Jay Lethal not being used, now he's in a, a, a decent storyline with a, a nice little stable here. I kind of like this, like Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, Satnam Singh, you know, Sanjay Dutt uh, pairing. It's fun. We saw Soraya backstage interviewed. I don't think this should have taken two weeks after her match. Okay, but but yeah. she was happy to be back. She wants the title. 
We'll put a pin in that. Yeah, we'll put a pin in that because, you know, apparently they're only... As of right now, what I've read is allegedly they're only letting her do, like, one match a month to see how she does until she really, like, gets back in the swing of things. Um, well, she'll... Her next match, as of right now, is, I guess, January. Yeah, probably be at uh, Revolution. So... Um, Athena picks up a victory. say it was Dynamite? What? Wasn't it January 11th Dynamite? Oh, that's what it is? Yeah. Oh, cool. So... Athena picks up a victory over Danny Moe. I like this new side of Athena. It's really kind of started off as like something that it kind of seemed like it was a shoot when she was getting it. Uh, who was she in the ring with? I'm not sure, um, but did you know she was suspended? Athena? Yeah. Isn't it like a quote unquote suspended? Well, yeah, obviously a storyline story suspension. Because it shows. But I, I had no idea that she was suspended yeah. until they brought it up last week. I was like, what? Um, but she picks up the victory. Athena charges Danny Moe, smashes, smashes her knees into Danny Moe's head. Uh, Ring of Honor final battle. It's going to be Athena versus Mercedes Martinez for the ROH Women's Championship. And I didn't know Mercedes was a face either. She kind of was a face when she faced Diana. So, uh, anyway, Juice Robinson is all elite now, and he has issued his first challenge against Samoa Joe for final battle. Uh, I'm about it. I like Juice Robinson. I think it's a... I just wish that they would... Unless Tony Khan announces that Ring of Honor has TV after this event or at the event. He said something in the media scrum. is like, you'll find out the future of Ring of Honor coming, you know, either final battle or after final battle. I think because there's been a lot of pressure, it could just end up being a YouTube thing. let Let it be a YouTube thing. Again, so, again, like I say this all the time, you know, I, you know, everyone's so focused about the ratings and stuff like that. My kids don't watch, like my children don't watch television. They don't sit there and watch, I mean, they'll watch like Full House and stuff like that, but they're not like, oh my God, it's eight o'clock. I have to go watch, uh, it's not like me and you. Oh my God, it's eight o'clock. I have to go watch wrestling. No, <laughs> they watch it on YouTube. You know, NWA's on YouTube. Um, Which I didn't know that. I didn't know that until this week. What, until MJF uh, mentioned Until it? MJF brought it up, yeah. Uh uh, you know, Beyond Wrestling's on YouTube. There's so many viable ways to watch things on YouTube. You know, there's an app now on, you know, a, a, a widget or whatever they call it for for YouTube and stuff like that. So it's it's a viable option for to get your product across. Yeah, so when Tony Khan was like, oh, I think they deserve more than YouTube, I if they don't have that TV deal, I think it's like a disservice to not put on shows, if especially if you can. To not put on shows on YouTube. Yeah, put it up. Because, put it on there, but you can do like a, a tiered system, or put it on Fight Plus. I I don't know if people would pay to see that. Pay, I I'm paying to see a bunch of stuff on Fight Plus right now. I pay. Fi- but if if they don't have month? TV, if they don't have TV, I really wish they would just combine the TNT and TV title. TNT is a TV title. They're both that. That's why Samoa Joe now is the king of all television. So great moniker, I, by the way. But uh, also, we saw Darby. He also wants the, the, the championship. He wanted Samoa Joe, so that gets set up for Dynamite. Yep. Orange Cassidy picks up the victory over QT Marshall in a Lumberjack match, which I enjoyed. It felt more like it was about the Lumberjacks. I, I was very confused why Mordecai was randomly there. Spider Nate Webb also. <laughs> no mention of they them. Were pro- I know, but it's but like again, AEW is a very smart mark wrestling crowd, and it's kind of like the Easter egg that's in there. 
You know, like, and it, and it picked up on Twitter, didn't it? It picked up on social media. People were like, oh, cra- oh, what's Spider-Nate Webb doing there? Oh, my God, Mordecai, what's he doing there? And people were popping for it. I love the fact that the best friends at Danhausen come out like full lumberjack garb like they always do. But, like, Danhausen's got a hatchet in his hand. And before they walk down, like, listen, give us the weapons. <laughs> um, was- but Penelope Ford came out and, and distracted... Orange Cassidy from Kip Sabian, which then pushes to to Dynamite. Yep. In that that backstage segment where Orange Cassidy issued that challenge to Kip Sabian and and for Rampage, and since Sabian is hurt, he's going to choose an opponent. And he did a little mustache twirl, and everybody thought it was going to be Miro, but other people caught the the mustache twirl. What's the mustache twirl for? Trent Seven. Is that is actually what happened? Like, did we see yeah. the spoilers? That's what everybody was like. People, as soon as they saw the mustache twirl, they were like, it's going to be Trent Seven. Is it? Because I haven't it seen is. spoilers for Rampage. Oh, okay, yeah, wow. Trent Seven comes. Perfect. Go that was, that was a big shock. That was a very big shock. Yeah. I'm... But we'll speak about the match next week. Yeah, we will. Sorry to spoil it for everybody, pal. Well, they don't. It's not a spoiler. What do you mean? It airs tonight. I didn't know. Well, it airs yesterday. But I'm saying the mustache twirl, if that's what people were saying. If you're listening to this at 10.30, by the time you get to – if you're listening to this at 10.30, when this episode probably will come out, it's 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 Trent 7, I guess. So if that they, surprised me because I, didn't, I didn't, don't pay attention to spoilers. So. But did you see the mustache twirl? I wasn't really – I don't really – I'm sorry. Again, you know, because I don't pay attention to referees. I don't pay attention to mustache twirls, you know. I didn't catch the mustache twirl. So – all right, but, but then I saw Trent Seven was trending. I was like, "Wait a minute, <laughs> hold up, pal!" But uh, uh, yeah, Orange Cassidy went after Kip Sabian afterwards. I think they brawled to the back, and then House of Black showed up and beat up all the lumberjacks. Besides Ortiz, um, yeah, except for Ortiz. Although I think um, I think Malachi Black might have stomped him on the outside of the ring. Uh, yeah, he like held up. He's like not him yet. So maybe like maybe he's trying to get Ortiz to be a member of the House of Black. And then House of Black had a video on Dynamite as well, which I thought was nice. And Malachi Black just said that he wants to put AEW down. So I guess they're feuding with the whole roster now. Hey, listen, they're taking what's theirs. Remember uh, when he's when everybody said he's going back to WWE? Yeah. He himself said, I want out of my contract. And then later said, I never said that. But he 100% said that. Well, maybe because he needed to, you know, get himself healthy, and he did, and now he's back, and I think they have, they're doing a great thing with the House of Black. Especially having um, Dead Body as their uh, new theme music, which I love. Go check out Dead Body. What, uh, um, so, is that a song or a band? It's a band. So it's like the members of God's Hate are in another band without Brody King, and it's called Dead Dead Body. So um, they just released the music, and I'm assuming that's... and. Colin Young, who's a drummer for uh, God's Hate, uh, and he does a lot of music. He's in Twitching Tons also. He did Dan Hat when it was Evil Danhausen at uh, Full Gear. That was uh, one of Colin Young's bands. So uh, he's been making a lot, and he makes a lot of the theme music. I think he made one for Julia Hart. He uh, made Warlow's music that they didn't change back. So I'm about it. So that was Rampage. Let's start off with Dynamite. You had the Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal, which Ricky Starks won. In his hometown of Austin, Texas. Well, pseudo-hometown of Austin, Texas. Uh, you had people like Dalton Castle in this match. You have Sean Dean, The Butcher, Kip Sabian, Orange Cassidy. 
Um, Jungle Boy, people pissed off when he was eliminated. Yeah, well, you know, whatever. I, I, so, I think it was the right move here to have Ricky Starks win this. But now Ricky Starks is uh, two-time number one contender. Yeah, so he's you know gets a shot at Winters coming next week for the Diamond Ring and the title. So, but like, I don't see he, him winning. But does he get another shot after that? Since he was already number one contender, he won like a guaranteed championship match. Yeah, I. But I think they're just that making tournament. one. Well, yeah, I think they're making just one big championship opportunity. No. I feel like but, he won't get two opportunities either, and I feel like he's definitely no. Not gonna but win. like, I like it would be good if they did it for the diamond ring, and like, let's say he wins the diamond ring on Winter Is Coming, and then like it sets up for Revolution against Ricky Starks because like, I mean, the, the battle royal was fine, but like the bigger story out of this was post match. As MJF comes out, he says, "Hey, listen, Ricky Starks, I'm gonna deal with you in a second. Starts to talk about how Brian Danielson, and now he starts talking about Ricky Starks, and then both these guys like. MJF, like, maybe, like, the, you know, the, it's funny, it's like the pinnacle of when it comes to talking on the promo <laughs> these days. Very funny. Um, called him a uh, dollar store Dwayne. He called, yeah, called him. Because he stole everything from The Rock. He called him the pebble. But Ricky Starks, I think, held his own and then some against MJF. He ripped on him. He said, yeah, you don't, you don't iron your pants. You, you got fake shoes. You know, really ripping into him. And everybody was behind him. Because he made it very believable. He goes, you know, you don't have, you know, he's like, I have myself a dignity. I'm about this. I'm doing the autograph signings. You're not doing anything because you're MJF and you think that people don't like you. I thought the, the promo was awesome. I was invested into it. It made me really invested into this match coming forward. Yeah, it was, it was very good back and forth. I feel like it could have been shaved down a little bit, but it was very, very good between both yeah, of them. Yeah, but the people were so hot for it, too. Yeah. Every like drop, they're like, "Oh, you know, going nuts about it." Was that uh, was that when the the spear happened? The spear no, afterwards. <laughs> afterwards, like, it, I this is like the thing that I, I I laughed just because it was so perfect. Ricky Starks cutting this unbelievable promo. They stared at, and what does MJF do? Kicks him right in the balls. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And then then it was the spear, and then MJF's shoes fly off. Which that was a know. great spear. Uh, I know. It's, uh, great great sell from MJF also. Yeah, especially with the shoes flying off too. I think that was like the chef's kiss of that. Because it just he's like, man, Ricky Stark is out for blood. It made it believable. Big match coming for winter. Winter's coming next week. Uh, after I remember back when Dave and I met MJF. Um, and Because it was just, to me, it was unbelievable how good he was even back then. I know. I, I, I was talking to... Uh, the, I was talking to Shawnee Caulfield last night at the show, and I was talking, like, you know, I used to go to Creative Pro shows when MJF was still there doing his thing on the microphone. I'm like, man, this kid's got a re- you know, he's got a good look, everything like that. So I'm sorry to cut you off, but continue. It was funny, though, because, like, when we met him, I was like, you've only been doing this for a year? Like, like 100%, like, just one year, and all this training is, like, just Brian? And he's like, yeah. I was like, bro, this is, like... I've never seen anybody that good like that yeah. in like such a quick time. And he's like, "Oh, thank you guys so much. You guys are awesome. Always putting us over on Twitter, blah blah blah." Now I don't think we'd get that. No, but. he'd call, he'd call <laughs> you an effing mark and tell you to shut up. Yeah, so. I, he unfollowed us, so whatever. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, whatever. Screw him. Who cares? <laughs> Screw him, Jeff. He sucks. Anyway, <laughs> let's go. Let's go, Ricky Starks. Next week, new world champion. I'm kidding. Uh, but yeah, John Moxley, former. World champion backstage talking about uh, 
hyping up Final Battle and saying the Blackpool Combat Club's about to come back and 100% proof ass-kicking wrestling. Mentioned uh, Hangman Page as well. He said, uh, you know, if you know, uh, you, you know where to find me. Blackpool Combat Club needs to end. Well, it's, you know. It's, we'll, we'll put it's a pin sad. on that. Uh, after that, though, Samoa Joe picked up the victory over Darby Allen to retain the TNT Championship. Uh, I I really wish that this match was just like a minute long of Joe beating the absolute hell out of Darby Allen and then choking him out to like finish the match, like such a quick match or something. Joe did beat the absolute hell out of Darby Allen, but I just didn't like that Darby had comebacks during this match. I get it. Um, I get it. I enjoyed it. I like the fact that Darby tries to go for that, you know, that suicide dive that he does, and Joe just nonchalantly just walks around, and he's just sitting there flexing and stuff like that. It really, like... Joe has a history of doing that, too. I know, but it's just, it's been a while, I guess, maybe since... No, because he did it... Who did he face last week that he did that same spot? Uh, Whatever, but... (laughs) I like what they're doing with Samoa Joe. I like when he comes out as lower third, says the king of all television, um... They're really doing a great job with Samoa Joe right now. Yes, I know he, you know Wardlow should still be the TNT champion, but again, I I say it all the time. People love the babyface climb. So. Yeah, and then uh, Darby tried to continue the fight afterwards, which it's like I don't think Darby needs that. Like it would have been fine if he was just knocked out. Uh, you kind of, but you know, I don't think Darby Allen needed that. Like he's a rabid squirrel, man. Because like, it's Darby just... Allen. Darby Allen is like always gonna get cheered. Yeah, I know, but like they have to show that like this this guy won't die, you know. What what does he and have tattooed on his chest? You know, it's like, hey, you know, you're yeah, you're not down till you're underground well, or whatever. He well, he only came out of that segment on top afterwards because of Wardlow. Yeah, so keep, but it, it's keeping this feud between Wardlow and uh, Samoa Joe going. So um, we spoke about the backstage promo with uh, Kip Sabian and Orange Cassidy. Uh, after this, you have tag team action between. The Jericho Appreciation Society's Jake Hager and Daniel Garcia versus Claudio Castagnoli and Wheeler Yuta. Um, Claudio picks up the victory when he lands a huge uppercut uh, for the pin. But I liked I liked People the... were surprised that that was the finish. Why? That's cool. Well, I mean, well, an uppercut? That was just like... I thought that was out of the blue for 100%. I like the fact that they talked about Hager and Claudio's background. Well, how could you Be- not? People were chanting, "We the team. people." Um, I liked the beginning. <laughs> I liked the 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 beginning of the match where, like, it was Yuta and Daniel Garcia. And Daniel Garcia is like, "Yeah, hey, let's go, let's go, let's go." And he just tags out, very heelish. Yeah, very. I just I need for all of this to end at final battle. Finally, like, please, it's been nine I, months for like I, combinations yeah, I, of this match. I know. I, I'm I'm getting there with you because like. How much longer can Jericho, you know, tarnish the Ring of Honor? You know, how long? I don't, it's not even the Ring of Honor thing. Before the Ring of Honor thing, it was going. Yeah. This is from March. Regal Regal showed up in March. Yeah. And that's when they, they started with the Jericho Appreciation Society. Just like different forms of this. So, fingers are very crossed that... This is the final battle. I'm hoping, hoping so. But you know, afterwards they aired a an interview with uh, William Regal and Tony Schiavone that was from two weeks ago. That that only aired. Regal set it up as if it was like it, this was like to me like the weirdest thing, as if he was on the chopping block for elimination on Big Brother. 
he randomly <laughs> decided to record a video in case something <laughs> happens to him. And they only aired this video because something bad happened to him, which is, I think, an absolutely bizarre way to write him off television. Well, and people were like, "Oh my god, this was like the greatest segment." I was like, "It? Why, why did he record this video? Like, <laughs> I don't, I didn't understand that." But they, so he basically says he had to do what he had to do to show them that what they don't need him or something. They don't need him though. But he's Bullet, uh, not Bullet Club, Blackpool Combat Club for life. Yeah, for life. So he'll start that chapter elsewhere. They're on their own, kid. And uh, Claudio might join Jericho. Who knows? Yeah. We'll see what happens with that. What did you think about this? I mean, well, it's, you know, again, I always say it. AEW fans, they're smart marks, so they probably heard everything that Tony Khan said at that media press That's why I think this was only a thing. Yeah, that's why, you know. I don't think this was actually filmed two weeks ago. Don't don't forget about me. Goodbye. (laughs) Yeah, anyway. I think it was just shoot. Like, he was backstage that day, and they were like, well, let's do this. Yeah, let's just take care of this. And Tony Savani, like, seeded it earlier in the show, too. He's like, I got – I have a video. Right, let's see. We're going to yeah. show it later. So, anyway. And w- William Regal's apparently with the company until uh, – The 31st. After the holidays, until yeah. the new year, so. And he's apparently, allegedly, not supposed to be on te- WWE television for a full year after, so. Yeah. But, hey, Dave took that very hard. Dave? Yeah, I, I mentioned that. Oh, I mentioned that. He goes, that doesn't make any sense. So it has to be 2024 or 2023, right? Like it can't be until January he can't be on TV. I was like, no, no, no. All the rumors and reports are saying he can't be on until 2024. Yeah. So. It doesn't make but sense. listen, no. the, Yeah, Dave. Why, but like, just, why, why do you have to put William Regal on? Like, yeah. I saw somebody, it, uh, somebody posted a, a picture of Mr. America. <laughs> saying William Regal next week. <laughs> what did they, what did, you, did you see those Mr. America figures? Beautiful. Yeah, really nice, right? It sucks well, that did, one of them did. is Chase. If I was still collecting, like I, I for years now, I, when goddamn when Jeremy Padauer and Jack specific teased or had that Mr. America figure, I was like, I really want that Mr. America figure. But yeah. uh, I, I don't see myself picking up the Mattel version. But man, if I was still collecting figures, I'd a hundred percent. Pick up those two Mister Americas. Yeah, absolutely. But they're they're very cool. Uh, it sucks because I think Jack said that they couldn't do it due to like Captain America copyright or something or trademark. Okay, that's strange. So now I don't know. Does does Mattel do? I don't think Mattel does uh, uh, Marvel? Marvel figures. No, I don't. I forget who Marvel is. Hasbro. Isn't that like Toy Biz. Or no, something? it's Hasbro. Hasbro. Yeah. Because they have the Haslabs and, like, the all that stuff. Um, well, after that, uh, well, actually... Yeah, after that, it's, it's, isn't, it's, it's uh, the women's... But isn't... What? It's Mattel Creation Labs and then Hasbro has no, their Has own Labs thing? and Mattel Creations. All right. So, yeah, afterwards, Jamie Hayter had a sit-down interview. Why does, like, which... every female now just get, like, sit-down interviews? Well, she specifically had this because she was pissed off that Soraya and Tony Storm had them. Oh. So that's why she had it. But whoever wins this match, uh, Hikaru Shida versus The Bunny, gets to face Jamie Hayter for the championship. That's what that sets up. Hikaru Shida is defending a title I'm not familiar with. Yeah, I'm, the, I'm not I'm familiar with it either. They said the name of it. I was like, what what, what are they saying? <laughs> uh, excuse me? And then I tried to look it up. I was like, I don't know what company this is even. Yeah, I'm not I'm not familiar but with it either. 
Tony spoke to Soraya later on, and Britt Baker interrupted, and she gave Soraya tickets to the January 11th show, and she goes, you can either sit in the crowd as a fan or show up and wrestle me in a tag match with Jamie Hayter. So now everyone's like, oh my god, it's gonna happen, Sasha Banks is coming January 11th! Well, she's gonna, she may not be, because she's gonna be in Japan for uh, Wrestle Kingdom, allegedly. On the floor. Well, that uh, what is Wrestle Kingdom also the eleventh? No, Wrestle Kingdom is. I think it's I think obviously it's January fourth. Yeah. Wrestle well, Kingdom January fourth for sure. Um, no, it's this year. It's in Japan. The event will take place January fourth at the Tokyo Dome and January twenty first at the Yohama Arena in Yohama, Japan. So it's right. two, two days. So it's like, I mean, economically wise. And also, too, I know Japan still has a lot of, like, COVID restrictions and stuff like that. So maybe Sasha just has to spend January in Japan. So it could I think be- it's likely that we could see Sasha Banks, because there's obviously those rumors that came out with New Japan. I think it's possible that we see Sasha Banks show up at Wrestle Kingdom, challenge Kyrie Sane, and then maybe we see Kyrie Sane versus Sasha Banks at the Rumble. The Royal Rumble. That's what I'm thinking. Because if they're having uh, Carl Anderson go over there and Luke Gallows, too, for the Never Openweight Championship, that, I feel like we could potentially see that relationship I, with WWE. Sure. I, I, I think it's just they're letting them. Carl Anderson was committed before to these dates before. Uh, yeah, I understand yeah, that. Exactly. But I also feel like we could also potentially see that at the Rumble, given what we saw at the Rumble this year. With Mickey James being in the Rumble yeah, as Impact Wrestling Champion. Yeah. That, that, so that maybe they, they have stardom champion Kyrie Sane defend the championship at the Raw Rumble against. Well, she's not going to buy Sasha Banks anymore. She's going to buy Mercedes Varnado. No, no, well, if she's. No, no. Well, that's her real name. But if she's going to be there as a WWE representative. Yeah. Then it's going to be Sasha Banks. I assume. I can't say that with fact, but... So, whatever happens with that, we'll see. I I feel like... A lot of people say it could be Statlander. I saw that people were like that as well, but this storyline has written itself... Literally written itself, though, to be Tony Storm and and Soraya. Could could be that, too. Does it deserve a month build for that? I don't think that's like a huge pop or anything. That's why people are expecting someone like Sasha Banks or somebody like AJ Lee, even. I don't think it, you think AJ Lee is going to go to AEW after all the stuff that I, went on with her husband. And now her husband's like, <laughs> her husband's sitting there trolling everybody with WWE pictures. Yeah. By the way, I, I, the one picture he posted of him with Festus on the Jumbotron afterwards was yeah. out freaking standing. So, so whatever happens with that, we'll see closer to January 11th, I guess. Yeah. So uh, you have trios women's action, not trios men's action. Uh, that fourth match, though, in the best of seven series will be next week. But you had thank God, man, it was nice to have a break, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm digging it. I like the best of seven series. We haven't seen the best of seven since uh, Sheamus versus Cesaro, and those were fun. Um, this so... hasn't been fun, though. What do you mean? <laughs> like the that. Young Bucks every single week. Well, it's their it's their show, brother. So <sighs> hey, listen, Death Triangle's got, but we know what's gonna happen now. Like. Death Triangle's going to be up big, and now the Young Bucks are just going to come back. By the way, I hate... I think Carry On Our Wayward Son is a terrible theme music. But it's a fantastic song. 
fantastic song, but it's like, and I wanted to say this, like, they come out, they do the posing, and then they walk down to the ring, and it's, like, all soft and everything like that. Like, you want a hard-hitting song to come out. They should have, like, extended the, you know, extended the open longer. What so I they think get... they should have done was have their normal entrance music, and then if they insist on needing to have carry on your wayward son, my wayward son, have it yeah. as your outro music. No, you need you need that pop at the beginning. But anyway, continue on. Let's talk about women's uh, trios action. As Jade Cargill and the baddies pick up the victory over Kira Hogan, former baddie Madison Rain and Sky Blue. Um, oh, hype. oh, I was like, Madison Rain was a former baddie? No, Kira Hogan was a former baddie. It threw me for a second. I had to think about Sorry, that. But, but I, the way that they've built this storyline, it to me now needs to be Kiara Hogan taking that title from Jade. Yes, I understand that. It has that. to be. Yeah, has to there be. has to be something, you know. Will it? I don't think so. No, absolutely. They're, they they need something big and huge to get that title off of Jade. Also, no mention of Bow Wow this week. What was Bow Wow talking about? People were like, "Oh my God, he's gonna bring in Sasha Banks." Yeah, I know. Because like, <laughs> you know, he was Snoop's predecessor, the protege, and you know, Snoop is, you know, everyone's trying to connect the dots here. It's like that meme yeah. from uh, Always Sunny, right? Or whatever it is. Yeah. Charlie. Charlie, yeah. But it's funny because it's like, now who's he going to bring in to, to te- team up or face Jade? Sasha Banks. That's it. <laughs> Come on, she's the new Bray Wyatt now. What do you mean she's the new Bray Wyatt? Oh, my God. For Before, obviously, before the Bray Wyatt return to WWE thing, it was, oh, my God, Bray Wyatt showing up in AEW. Oh, okay. Yeah, Bray Wyatt's going to be here. Bray Wyatt's going to be here. He's finally debuting at Winter is Coming. It makes so much sense. And then it was, it was just never Bray. Yeah, so. it wasn't Bray. But yeah, the baddies pick up that victory. Uh, main event saw the acclaimed to pick up the victory over FTR to retain the AEW Tag Team Championships. I believe they got new titles. What? Who? FTR? Uh, no, the acclaimed. They looked similar. I mean, I saw it last and night. Speaking of new titles, what did you think of MJF's new title? The Burberry one? Yeah. It's it's, it's MJF. You know, I You're like... not able to really tell that it's Burberry at first. Yeah, but. Right? Um, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan a of the dark. new strap, though. I like it. Yeah, I think it works for MJF. You know, it's, uh, it kind of solidifies that he's going to be around for a very long time uh, in his quote unquote reign of terror. Yeah, well. but this match, uh, I liked when FTR went for the double suplex on Anthony Bowens and Max Caster speared Dash, I think it was, leading to Anthony Bowens doing the small package on Dax. I thought that was like a uh, nice, I liked the uh, the the big rig tease from the acclaimed. Yes. But yeah, this was a, a nice match, nice main event. I didn't think the FTR was going to be winning this match. I thought they were going to have like the Gun Club come out or something like that, and you know, because you want to keep them strong. To me, that would have made sense, but the Gun Club appeared afterwards, which I think was, I think this was just like bad because it doesn't do anything for the. It makes the guns look like servants, maybe. Like, they're not there for themselves. They're there to introduce a challenge from the Briscoe brothers in a dog collar match, which it's like, brother, why are we seeing the Briscoes versus FTR three times now? 
We you saw them. The, but you're seeing the Bucks they, they versus have, Death Triangle the seven times in two months. <laughs> that's why well, I've said that. Why the hell are we seeing that? That's something I'm like, no. Stop. I know. Well, yeah. So Sheamus, as I said, Sheamus versus Cesaro is a seven series. You enjoy that. That was good, though. I know. The well, Bucks you know, versus Death again, Triangle has again, been like again, death again. to try to get through. And Tony Khan again. says we don't have enough time for, for people to be on TV every week. You do. Stop booking a best of Here seven. But, it's but a, that sets it's, up a dog collar objective. match for Ring of Honor. I like it. I'm about it. Double dog collar match. This should be, but this is going to be the last one. This has to be the last Maybe. one. Maybe. Maybe that's when the Briscoes win in FTR. They drop the titles. They go back to WWE. <laughs> They're not Everyone's doing anything going, in AEW. Everyone's gone back to WWE. No, I think there's Ring a of Honor of- final battle. What? I think they're kind of. I think they're doing stuff at AEW. They're kind of the glue that's holding the tag team division together. Like it gives a, a having the acclaimed go over FTR is huge because of you know the storied accolades. They're, well, yeah, like, obviously, yeah, FTR. that's that's a big thing. Yeah, but you but know, if you look at FTR's team. year, if you look at FTR's year in AEW, they haven't been given that chance to do much. So yeah. like, and then like that PWI list came out and people were like, yeah, well, that, it should have all been FTR. That and it's like, but, but, but people were like, it should have been FTR. And it's like, well, they really, they weren't given the opportunity to do much in yeah, AEW. Because people were part- like, oh, they traveled to this country. They traveled to that country. Japan. Uh, I heard Mexico, rumors that they, they might not. everywhere. They might just and not it's like they, they haven't, take a contract. They haven't done anywhere. anything with those titles. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they haven't really done anything. I mean, at first, they were doing great stuff with the AAA tag team titles. No, not even. I think it was defended one time. Um, yeah, because it hasn't been, they haven't been to Mexico in a while. But I've heard, I've heard, you know, I read rumors on the internet, but, you know, everyone's, everyone's wrong with all this stuff. I mean, look, John Heyman this week with freaking Aaron Judge posting that Arson Judge is uh, going to things. He was wrong five minutes later. Um, yeah, what the hell? Why is he going to the Mets? Why didn't they shell out another 370? Yeah. Seven, uh, what eighty million dollars on a, a forty-year-old? Man, um, I don't get it. He's wait, for, oh Ver, Verlander. Verlander. Yes, Verlander. I was about to say Aaron Judge is forty, no, but he's not. thirty. He's gonna be yeah, 40 but isn't Verlander like good enough that that like he won the he Cy deserves Young, that money? Like 20, yes, but like again, see, here's like me conspiracy theorying uh, this whole thing. What team has just Justin Verlander played for for the past couple of years? You don't know this. The, the Houston Astros. Astros. What happened to the cheaters? Yeah, he co- <laughs> Verlander comes back from Tommy John surgery. What do you think that one of these clubhouse reps is like? Oh, hey, brother, you know, uh, help us win. Well, uh, you know, here's a little something to help you kick it. It's not gonna. You're not gonna. You know, you won't. Uh, you won't test for it. Are you saying he's on drugs? You never know, man. Huh? So. <laughs> <gasps> oh my God. But uh, I mean, well, Kate Upton's gonna be in uh, City Field from now on. So yeah, she's a poser too. Uh, there's a poser. She's what the do you biggest mean? poser in the world. Before- because she tweeted out that the the fans boo her husband, and she wants to go to a place that doesn't boo them. Yankee fans would not boo her husband. And by the way, if you look at Kate Upton, she was in Yankee garb for the longest time, going to so many Yankee games before. You know, she went to the. T- she started dating Verlander, and then had a Tigers hat on, and then had an Astros hat on. Now she's gonna have a Mets hat on. I'm gonna go to Mets games and just have a big sign of Kate up in a Yankees hat. That's what I'm doing. Subway Series this year. Let's go. Um, but baseball's been crazy. 
Um, I like I'm a Cubs fan, and I've liked the uh, the moves they they have made. I think Cody Bellinger will uh, hoping to go back to form, and I'm hoping they get a big shortstop. I would like uh, Dansby Swanson. Well, so. speaking of Texas, Arlington College Park Center final battle, Ring of Honor. Yeah, uh, was it a 4 p.m. start? What is yeah, the time? 4 p.m. start? Little afternoon um, soiree for Ring of Honor. I'm about it. Maybe they're doing some uh, tapings afterwards. Unless something gets announced tonight, that I don't think we have any um, buy-in matches. I don't know what they call them for Ring zero of hour, zero hour, right? Something, something will get announced. So well, we have uh, we uh, met, we just... all championship matches except for that tag match with uh, Swerve in Our Glory versus Shane Taylor Promotions. I think I Swerve in Our Glory is going to win that one. Yeah, I'm going to say Shane Taylor Promotions, and then Swerve in Our Glory is finally done. Finally done. Okay. Keith Lee. Left Swerve in that last match, if I'm not well, mistaken. Well, also, too, Swerve left Keith Lee in a match, if I'm not mistaken, correct? So, this just needs to end already. They need to have that big blow-off match between the two of them. January 11th, that's when they're going to do it. Or winter is coming, whenever that is. Two weeks from now? Next week? I have no idea. Yeah, we'll see. New Year's Bash is also something that's coming up. Yep. Uh, so, I'm going to say Shane Taylor Promotions there. Cool. Um, she, uh, Dalton Castle and the boys are going to be defending their Ring of Honor six-man championships against the Embassy of Brian Cage and the Gates of Agony. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to see the Embassy wins. I'm going to say Dalton Castle and the boys retain. All right, Samoa Joe versus Juice Robinson for the ROH World Television Championship. Um, I would like to see Juice win, but I think they're doing something really good right now with Samoa Joe, so I'm going to say Samoa Joe. Yeah, a lot of people are like, Juice needs to take that title from Joe. Well, I, I and Tony Khan said in that media thing this week, he has no problem with uh, Juice going back to New Japan and defending the ROH television title there. So, and he also said that uh, there, this is probably the last week that we're going to get a lot of Ring of Honor on television. Yeah, well, you know, hype. Yeah, because again, there might be a TV show coming for Ring of Honor. So, so I'm going to say Samoa Joe as well. All right. Uh, Mercedes Martinez will be defending her ROH Women's World Championship against Athena. I'm going to say Athena. Yes, I think I'm saying at the end of the Strike well. while the iron's hot, and you know what she's doing right now with her gimmick and beating people up is working. Daniel Garcia will be defending the ROH Pure. Well, this is the match I think I'm most excited for for the entire uh, show. Daniel Garcia versus Wheeler Yuta, Ring of Honor uh, Pure Championship. Uh, this is a really tough one, especially Wheeler Yuta. Yeah, I'll say I'll say Utes too. It's gonna be it'll be a barn burner. Uh, FTR with dog collar match. I'm gonna say the Briscoes. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense to me. It does make sense to me. Uh, and your main event, uh, Chris Jericho will be defending his Ring of Honor World Championship against Claudio Castagnoli. If Castagnoli loses, he must join the Jericho Appreciation Society. Claudio wins, and people are like, we need Nigel McGuinness to <laughs> debut. Fill the position for William Regal. Please save us. That would be pretty sick, actually. Because uh, McGinnis has a huge background, and in, in is he from Blackpool also, Nigel? Probably not. Uh, but he's close. Um, he's of British descent. So yeah, I'm, I'm gonna say Claudio too. I feel like the Jericho Appreciation Society has been getting the upper hand a lot recently. So put he's the from uh, straps. He's from okay, close, close. Um, so Claudio, I'll say Claudio. So I'm excited. I like these Ring of Honor pay per views. They're fun. I enjoy them. Uh, we'll talk about it next week. Because uh, I plan on watching it at some point during the weekends. Because I'm off. So I have uh, nothing to do, actually. My sister's coming in from Virginia, so we're going to hang. 
Um, and we're going to decorate cookies with all the kitties on Sunday, which will be fun. So uh, on that note, let's get to uh, my match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Match of the week this week comes from last weekend's GCW one afternoon only. I was your main event. Tony Deppin versus Billy Starks. No titles involved. This was just straight wrestling. Billy Starks has a very bright career in front of her. What's that? I heard really good things about that match. It was awesome. It was it was hard hitting. Um, or heard, I read really good things, I should say. Yeah, it was awesome. I, I told you, I subscribed to Fight Plus um, because I wanted to watch that match. Um, and now I you know have Fight Plus now. So I watched uh, I watched a little bit of the Pro Wrestling Revolver show, that season finale that they had recently. Um, so, yeah, go check that out. It's on Fight Plus. Um, yeah, Billy Starks, Tony Depp, and uh, to- Billy Starks coming by. Youngest uh, gaijin to uh, headline a show, I think they said a Cork and Hall. She That's would, cool. yeah, very cool. Uh, and she she's had like such an incredible career so far. I think she's only seventeen. Yes, yeah, she so. is only seventeen. Yeah, she's got a very bright future in this business. I know, and I'm pretty I'm pretty stoked about it, and I'm excited to you know, see her. And Tony Deppin's awesome. The uh, you know the the, the yeah. gatekeeper, as he likes to call himself now, of GCW. So I I I'm hoping uh, next year we get the uh, Matt Cardona Tony Deppin match. Because that would be pretty. The two guys that have been putting GCW on the map. So, on that note, let's get to Brandon's shoutouts. Hey there, Hiff. We should listen to Brandon's shoutouts. The first shoutout goes to the Howard Stern and Bruce Springsteen interview. They aired it on HBO Max, and I think it's like really good. I think it's like two and a half hours. Oh, that's a long interview. Very insightful. It was the first time Howard Stern interviewed Bruce Springsteen. And it's funny because, like, they advertise it as as Howard interviewing Bruce. Uh Robin is there, like, for, like, little tiny seconds. Uh Uh-huh. But it was – I thought it was very good. He puts Taylor Swift over, so I think that's even cooler. (laughs) That's cool. Um, And before – like, it's – oh, man. It just sucks, man. Before this this even came out, like, before it was announced or whatever – before she even announced tour dates, I was like, this just seems like the tour. If there was ever going to be a tour that Taylor Swift was, was going to have for, like, the Midnight's album or something, this seems like the yeah. tour where he'd make a surprise appearance in Jersey or something. But he's on tour when she is, so it's I don't think it's likely. Mm-hmm. But it just, I'm like, every so often, I'm like, God damn you, Ticketmaster. <laughs> but, um... My next shout-out goes to Kirstie Alley. She unfortunately passed away at the age of 71 this week. Uh, I have to assume the first time I would have known her was from Look Who's Talking. Uh, Yeah, that's it for me, Look Who's Talking. But she was in It Takes Two for Richer or Poorer. A lot of other movies and TV shows, I would say probably most famously Cheers. Yeah, I agree. I know you watch Cheers, like, nightly. Yeah, recently, um, past year, I've been on a Cheers kick, so for sure. That's, you know? that's very unfortunate. My next shout-out goes to Mills Lane, who also unfortunately passed away this week at the age of 85. Um, I mean, maybe, I think that for all of us, we... I was going to say, maybe the most huh? famous boxing referee. But um, I know him yeah. from being the referee on Celebrity Deathmatch. Exactly. Yeah, I think that most. I think that most pop, like m- pop culture wise, 
knows him because of Celebrity Deathmatch. Yeah, and uh, I think he retired from being a referee and literally like the next week appeared on Monday Night Raw in 1998 because he was also a TV judge. And yeah, I guess judge a judge in, Lane, yeah. in general. But he, he settled a contract dispute. He ruled in favor of Stone Cold Steve Austin, which allowed him to have a championship match in the main event against The Rock. <laughs> Further, furthermore, in his career, he also officiated Buff Bagwell versus Rowdy Roddy Piper in the main event of Bash of the Beach 1999. It was a boxing match. I assume his least famous boxing match he ever officiated <laughs> his most famous probably being tyson holyfield too where mike tyson bit holyfield's ear off yeah and then he dq'd holy uh tyson for that tyson yeah so very unfortunate but those yeah. are my shout outs now it's time for our is right our mark out moment of the week i am going to kick it off i'm gonna go with the the uh reuniting of index uh indy hartwell and dexter loomis on the nxt house show life event threw me for a loop uh, yeah yeah i know i, I thought you were gonna say the gonna reuniting of something else <laughs> no yeah no index definitely that i pop for um pretty hardcore i also i marked out for everything with solo this week with the throwback to and paying respect to umaga yeah totally marked out for that what about you when you texted me on saturday night asking if i was watching saturday night live i was like yes. well something big just happened if you're gonna be texting me that and I then text you every week to throw you off. Now. <laughs> and then I saw Keenan was trending and I was like, oh, damn, did they do a good burger sketch on SNL? But it was actually a Keenan and Kel reunion sketch with uh, Kiki Palmer. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah, Definitely I mean, I'm a, I'm, I'm a big fan of Kiki Palm, uh, Palmer. I she's think she's really fantastic. talented. Yeah. Yeah, I think she's very talented. I mean, she revealed that she was pregnant on that show, too. Yeah. I I thought that I think that she's very talented. I would love to um, see her. Like, there's like people pulling for her to join the MCU. For what? Uh, I think Rogue. Rogue? Yeah, I think she would make Why? an excellent Rogue. I don't know. I Why? just I think that's what people were wanting her. I don't know if she was wanting to be, play Rogue. I don't know. Dude, that I think she would make a fan that like Rogue is like sassy. She um, I think could a hundred percent play Rogue perfectly. I don't know. I gotta think about that one. But she is very talented nonetheless. And I totally agree with you. I marked out for that uh that skit too, especially with the appearance of Kel where I, I love the fact where he goes right in there and he arms wide open and you think that he's going to hug <laughs> Keenan or Kiki and he goes right over to the orange soda in the, uh, the cases and gives it a hug. Yeah. You know? And I love like Kiki trying to throw back some, uh, catchphrases and stuff like that. What was that? Like, Oh no, there goes the bus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the ending of the sketch was really funny too. 
Yeah, it was definitely hilarious. It was definitely hilarious. But, it was a good time. Yeah, and then I also I, I marked out the new episode of uh, the Sex Lives of College Girls on HBO Max aired, and uh, the RA in the the show asked one of the chicks if she wanted to watch SmackDown with him. And then later on in the show, she was like, oh, well, I don't I don't want to watch wrestling with you. It's the writing is just like lazy or whatever. And I was like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so and, uh, some people just don't get it. But I mean, I mean, uh, you know, at times <laughs> maybe the writing is lazy for some things. Yeah. Yeah. But that's pretty much my mark out moment of the week. Our mark out moments of the week. Check us out on TikTok at Mark It Out. I posted a TikTok about that uh, video, about that episode. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Mark It Out, at BTTG161 on Twitter and Instagram. Chris Sweendog, CM Sweeney 85. David PTDPT on both. Mark It Out 11 on YouTube and Instagram. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Mark Out. Pick up your Mark Out t-shirts, please, and thank you. We appreciate it. And uh, you can check us out, Apple Podcasts, again, still not working. It's been almost two months at this point, it seems. Uh, Spotify Podcasts is up, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, and of course, MarketOut.com. So head over to MarketOut.com, check it out. It's now 11 years old uh, as, of, awesome as of November, last November, not last November, a few weeks ago. <laughs> I think it was like November 21st <laughs> or whatever, that's when we had our interview with with uh zach Ryder, matt cardona and it broke our i guess allotted bandwidth for soundcloud so we had to actually like get a website yeah so check it out yeah so that's episode 618 we wish you we wish you the the Best of luck in your future endeavors. Have a fantastic week. Bye.